Very good ladies and greetings to you. I am the voice of one. Once upon a time, there was a king who was incompetent in his royal duties, but who wanted to continue to rule over his kingdom. Then there were two young lads who were tricksters. These two young tricksters approached the king and told him that they could make glorious royal apparel, which only good people could see. This was pleasing to the king, for he reasoned that he could use this to his advantage by finding out which of his ministers and courtiers were incompetent and evil, and thus weed them out from his royal court. So the king commissioned the tricksters, who then went about pretending that they were cutting, sewing, stitching, and ironing the royal apparel. The king even sent his ministers to go and see what was being done by the tricksters. The king figured that if any of them could not see the royal apparel, then he could weed them out of his royal court. So off went the ministers one by one, viewing the tricksters pretending to be putting the items of the apparel together at different stages of sewing. Upon their return, each minister would tell the king of how far work was progressing and how regal the apparel would be when finished. Finally, the tricksters came to the palace pretending to be holding what seemed like items of the finished royal apparel. When the king saw them, not wanting to be reckoned as evil himself, he also pretended that he had seen the royal apparel going as far as pretending to put on the apparel. When he had finished his acts of pretending, he spread out his hands, seeking the comments of his ministers and courtiers, who gave all kinds of accolades for the apparel, glorious, beautiful, stupendous, regal, and so on. With such wonderful reviews, the king decided to use the new royal apparel as a means of weeding out undesirables from his entire kingdom. So a decree went out to the general public, stating that the king will be going on a royal procession and that only good people in the kingdom will be able to see the king's new royal apparel. So on the appointed day, the royal procession began. As the king rode down the road in his open carriage, the people in every section along the route would applaud him and speak glowingly of how beautiful and glorious the king's new royal apparel was. Then they came to a section of the royal procession route, and suddenly a little boy who was not aware of the royal decree about bad people not being able to see the royal apparel yelled out, The king is naked! The king is naked! At that point, some of the adults around began to hum under their breath that the king was indeed naked. Eventually, word got to the king that the people were saying that he was naked and that there really wasn't any royal apparel. Finally, it dawned on the king that he had been duped by the young tricksters. But not wanting to look like he had been fooled by the tricksters, the king announced to his courtiers, I may be naked, but let the procession go on. This story typifies many of the events that happen in the world we live in today. The leaders of the nations of the world are telling their citizens that all is well, even though it is clear that nothing is well. All around us, economies are falling and failing, even of nations that had been trumped as major world economies. These world leaders are naked, but what they really are saying is, we may be naked, but let the procession go on. Even among the clergy, there are church leaders who keep urging their congregants to keep on giving money to further the course of the gospel, and that God will bless them, even though their congregants may be living in sin. Preachers tread the stage of their churches and announce that they have been given the rights to dictate what happens in the lives of their congregants, even though they, the preachers, are not living right according to God's standard. What a con, knowing that they are hypocrites, but wanting to continue to look good before the people. They really are saying, we may be naked, but let the procession go on. Just to put the record straight, God does not bless iniquity. If you are living in sin and you are being blessed, 
I can tell you for a fact that it is not God blessing you, but the devil who is fattening you for the day of slaughter. If you are a preacher and you are living a double life and in sin, then you have no rights from God. And you need to go right now on your knees and repent of your ways this instant. Friend, today many kings are naked. And like the king in our story, they just say, we may be naked, but let the procession go on. Among Christians, there are events that they ascribe to God, which the Bible does not support. Two of these events are Christmas and Easter. While we do not intend to go into the nitty-gritty of these so-called Christian events, it is safe to say that these events are not Christian. Christmas has its origin in the Nordic countries of Europe and was injected into church culture many centuries ago. The same applies to Easter, another idol activity which derives from a fertility goddess called Oyster. It is nothing Christian. The sad part of this whole thing is that church leaders know, but like the king in our story, they say, even though Christmas has nothing to do with Christ and Easter has nothing to do with him either, we just have to continue these celebrations because it brings people to church. Friend, if a man tells you something is blue in color, even when it is not, and then tells you that there is no big deal and that it's just a matter of colors, then you know that you have seen a naked king who is saying, I may be naked, but let the procession go on. The truth about Jesus Christ can still be told even if there is no Christmas and even if there is no Easter. We cannot perpetrate falsehood and then turn around and say that we are preaching the truth. The truth is that when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to the earth, it was never recorded that he, for once, ever celebrated his birthday. It was his death that he celebrated, and it was his death that he asked Christians to celebrate, and as often as possible, at that. In other words, Jesus Christ did not ask for an anniversary, but a frequent memory of him, and that is because human memory is very short. What we see today is the short memory of men at work, turning to non-Christian activities rather than what God has asked. The reason Jesus Christ asks Christians to celebrate his death often, besides aiding them to keep on remembering him, was also so that they could tell people about the good news of his death. You see, all men sinned, and by the law of God, which he established on the earth, all sinners must face the sentence of eternal death, which means confining the souls of sinners to hell forever. Not wanting men to go through such a painful eternity, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come into the world and to become a sacrifice so that he would pay the penalty for the sins of men. By his death and resurrection three days later, Jesus Christ became the author of eternal salvation. What this means for you is that once a person acknowledges that he is a sinner and accepts that Jesus Christ by his death has paid the penalty for his sins, that man receives a pardon from God and can now have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and by so doing become a child of God. But first, such a person must confess his sins before God and repent of his ways. That is, he must turn away from his sinful way of living and turn to God's way of living. This, dear friend, is the good news and we don't need Christmas or Easter to tell us this good news, which is an everyday affair. Friend, if you believe what we have just told you about God's plan for mankind, and particularly for you, then all you need to do is go ahead this instant and confess your sins to God, and the joy of eternal salvation, which is best experienced, will be yours. You will also know for a fact that your sins have been forgiven, 
and that you are now a child of God, not just a creation of God. Let us pray. Everlasting Father, King of kings and Lord of lords, eternal rock of ages, we want to thank you for this opportunity once again to spread the good news of your coming into this world, the good news of eternal salvation which you authored. I pray, Almighty God, as many as have heard today your good news, that, Father, you will touch their hearts, you will bring them to yourself even as they make their confessions unto you. I give you glory, I give you praise. Thank you, everlasting Father. Blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. We can be reached after this broadcast by text or by calling us on either 807 777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. The numbers to call or send text to again are 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. I really would love to hear from you. God bless you and goodbye. Oh,